Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of Not Defined by Endo. Many of you who have endometriosis have also either been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome or experienced symptoms of the condition. And that is why it is an honor to welcome our guest today, Angela Grassi. For nearly 20 years, Angela has been an internationally known nutrition and health expert on PCOS. Named one of the top 10 incredible RDs making a difference by today's dietitian, Angela's warmth and charisma have made her the go-to nutritionist for women with PCOS. She provides personalized and compassionate nutrition consultations in person, phone, or even online to women around the world. Angela has PCOS herself, and she knows how frustrating living with this condition can be. She firmly believes that you can take control over PCOS instead of letting it take control over you. She has dedicated her career to be on the leading edge of helping women with PCOS improve their health and their lives through evidence-based nutrition. Angela is the co-author of the PCOS Nutrition Center Cookbook, 100 Easy and Delicious Whole Food Recipes to Beat PCOS, and the best-selling The PCOS Workbook, Your Guide to Complete Physical and Emotional Health. Angela's other book, PCOS, The Dietitian's Guide, now in its second edition, is the most comprehensive evidence-based nutrition resource available for PCOS. I'm excited for our conversation today. So sit back, relax, and let's have a listen. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. How are things in London? Very well, very fine. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good to speak to you. So um, I found you on social media, as you well know. And um, I saw what you were doing. I've got endometriosis. And um, before I got diagnosed with endometriosis, this was in 2018, I was told that I had PCOS. But it's, it was a strange one because they just said, you've got polycystic ovaries. But it wasn't, they didn't say you've got PCOS. They, they made it seem like it was like a temporary thing and it comes and goes. And um, when I got diagnosed with endometriosis, I immediately began like reading into it doing a lot of research and found out like a lot of things that we people were not like common knowledge or lots of myths flowing around and it just upset me that there was not enough like we had never heard of endometriosis before then even pcos it was something that you just hear about you don't really know what it means like what is what does it mean how do i deal with it nothing and many of the ladies in my like network, in my community, in, on the audience, they also, some of them have endometriosis and PCOS. So I see that some of them are dealing with both conditions. And I just felt like a lot of people don't really know what to do about the diagnosis. Like the doctors don't say, okay, this is the cure. They might give you metformin or, because I think they gave him metformin at some point as well. Um, but you don't really get, enough information about what exactly is causing it why do you have it they might not know why but just information and that's kind of what i'm trying to do 
and spread that information, make people know that they are not alone and um, speak to people who have years of experience. And I saw that you've got 20 years of talking about this. <laughs> Do I look that old? <laughs> I said, no, you look young, very, very young. <laughs> Sweet 16. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> So that was the reason for my like wanting to speak to you and uh, hearing from the expert so that our audience can really know more about PCOS if they also have it with endometriosis or just PCOS and know what to do about the condition, know that they are not alone and even come to you whether online or offline for help you know, to manage the conditions. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Ah, this is exciting. Well, I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah, I'm excited to get into this. So like I was asking earlier, what exactly is PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome? What are the symptoms? What are the treatment options? And is it curable or not? Great questions. So PCOS affects usually around 10 to 15% of the population, depending on what diagnostic criteria is used. And it is really characterized as a hormone imbalance. So it has hormonal aspects, reproductive aspects. um, And it's also viewed as an endocrine disorder, which also affects hormones. So it's really this intersection of sex hormones and metabolic hormones combined. And what we're seeing in PCOS is that women tend to have higher levels of testosterone. Right. And higher levels of luteinizing hormone. And this can affect the levels of other sex hormones, which control your menstrual cycle. Uh, So a lot of times people who have PCOS will see that their cycles aren't regulated and that they do have trouble getting pregnant because sometimes they won't get their period at all or they're not ovulating. So it's actually PCOS is the most common cause of ovulatory infertility. Right. The problems with ovulation. And unfortunately, there's no cure uh, yet. I'm I'm hopeful that one day we will have a cure. And really, the treatment options are the first line approach is through your diet and how you feed your body and lifestyle. So when we talk about lifestyle, we're talking about exercise. We're talking about good sleep hygiene stress management, and uh, even some supplements can really help with PCOS and help you get pregnant. And then as far as medical treatments, metformin is the most common medication used to treat PCOS right now. It's still not indicated for PCOS. It's, It's actually the most common diabetes medication. Okay. But, uh, women with PCOS tend to have higher levels of insulin. Okay which metformin can help to lower and so otherwise there's the birth control which i know is a popular option with people with endometriosis right yes yep good old birth control (laughs) yep so we really need more medical treatment options for people with pcos but bottom line is that you got to start with your diet and your lifestyle because that regardless needs to be um, working well. Okay. So many of our listeners have endometriosis and they also have PCOS. 
So do you think that there's, do you have a lot of patients that come to you with that, with like a combination of both um, conditions? And what would you say is the relationship between both of them? Yeah, sure. So they're both pretty common. I mean, like I said, the prevalence of PCOS is around 10 to 15%. Um, when we look at studies, the ones I've seen in women with PCOS show that endometriosis is in about 8 to 17% of patients with PCOS. Mm, okay. So still a good amount. Um, I mean, the they share different pathophysiological pathways. Okay. So the mechanisms are different, but they have a lot of common features. So infertility is, is a big one. Um, they're also associated with higher prolactin levels. Okay. We also see higher levels of a hormone called DHEA sulfate, which is a precursor to testosterone. So higher testosterone levels mm. and lower levels of vitamin D in both populations. That's so true. I also was diagnosed, like I was told that I had low vitamin D levels as well so yeah yeah so it's very common and you know what the studies i don't think this area has been researched nearly as much um but you got to wonder how many patients who have pcos already have endometriosis they don't know it like they're asymptomatic yeah so that means they don't feel the pain um yeah. or maybe they don't have problems with infertility but they could still have endometriosis very true yeah Okay, you mentioned earlier that um, people with PCOS usually can it can be seen as a an endocrine um, issue, and um, a lot of people say that people with PCOS are also exposed to endocrine disruptors. So, do you think that that is like the main one of the main causes causes of um, you know the problem with PCOS? And if these if this is the reason, how do they? How do they eliminate that the disruptors from their lives? That's a great question. So I don't think the total cause of PCOS has been totally identified. So right now it's a bunch of causes. It could be definitely genetic. There has been a gene identified in PCOS. Uh, we also see environmental pollution could be a cause of it. Um, genetic, like uh, fetal programming. So babies that are like say their mother has PCOS mm. and has they're exposed to higher levels of androgens in utero. Could right. that predispose them? But definitely endocrine disruptors are also a probable link with PCOS. And what they do is they affect sex hormones. Okay. And endocrine disruptors typically are chemicals in the environment, mostly plastics. Mm-hmm. And it's almost impossible to eliminate these yeah. completely. I mean, if you think of everything you touch in a day that, you know, is yeah. plastic. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. But, you know, there are ways to minimize your risk. Mm -hmm. um, you can definitely switch to, like, say, from a plastic water bottle to a stainless steel or glass one. Mm -hmm. uh, not heating food in plastic containers in the microwave. Transfer it to a plate or a glass container, glass or bowl right? Um, even those paper receipts that we get from stores yeah. have BPA in it, which is an endocrine disruptor, okay. which is in a lot of plastics too. But so washing our hands really well, or just say, email me the receipt so you don't have to touch it. 
that's that's a really good idea. And even our beauty and our hair care products, you know, have phytolates in it. So looking for ones that don't have that and they'll say on there. So, you know, there are some significant ways to decrease your risk, but I think it's almost impossible to totally eliminate it, unfortunately. Yeah. Is there a test for finding out if you've got these endocrine disruptors in your body? Is there a test? Like, how do you know? Because we we want to just get rid of plastics as much as possible in our lives. And I do that as well. So I've changed my um, Tupperware to glass. I make sure I use products that are not plastic. I don't heat plastic in a microwave. I try to be careful with my skincare and all, even the household cleaning. Yeah, that too. Absolutely. Yes. But I always feel like there's no proof. I just hope for the best. So is there something, is there a way to know if all of the things you're doing um, are making a change or like a test or something like that? Yeah. So what they can do is, well, you'll know maybe if your hormones are more balanced, they can look at those. Uh, but you actually can measure BPA levels in the body. It's, it's usually a urine test. Okay. I don't know how expensive it would be. I don't know how, you know, accurate, but that's how they, they can tell. Uh, and actually there was one study that did show that women with PCOS had higher levels of BPA in their urine. Surprise. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you think that BPA-free plastic bottles are safer? Because sometimes... I always try to switch. So when I'm buying something that I have to buy plastic, I try to look for BPA-free, like kids' toys or things like that. But then I'm like, I'm not sure what the... First of all, is this safe or is this another marketing gimmick? Like, let's just say it's BPA-free and <laughs> we'll, they'll buy it. So is this something that... Is BPA-free plastic safer? I don't think we really know the answer to that. I think uh, there's still chemicals. And BP, so whenever possible, use glass. Yeah. Or stainless steel or, you know, not just anything other than plastic as much as possible. So um, PCOS is a condition, like you said, has no cure. There's a lot that has to be done to even have a reasonable quality of life. And I believe that this impacts men mental health a lot. So I think my question now will be what, how do you say people can handle the effects PCOS has on people's mental health? Yeah, PCOS is so frustrating because a lot of the symptoms of PCOS are uncontrollable. So if you think about the excessive weight gain, the excessive hair growth, hair loss, like shedding, thinning hair from your head, acne popping up, of course, the infertility. So these are really significant and can have a real impact on your emotional health. And we do see in studies that women with PCOS have poor quality of life. And we also see that women with PCOS have higher rates of anxiety and depression and even problematic eating and eating disorders. Right. So they came out um, with new evidence-based guidelines for PCOS uh, last year. And they actually recommend that patients with PCOS, all of them be screened by mental health care professionals. So doctors should be screening about, um, you know, depression and anxiety and eating disorders. 
and referring to the proper medical health, mental health professionals for treatment. Right. Okay. What I've been doing in my practice at the PCOS Nutrition Center is um, we, my uh, co-author, I have a workbook out called the PCOS Workbook, Your Guide to Complete Physical and Emotional Health. And my co-author is a psychologist and she's a psychology professor. And we included in the workbook how to get better sleep because sleep can really affect mood too. When you're really sleep deprived or have trouble sleeping, that can affect your mental status too. So that's one way we're addressing it. And we're actually coming out with a online course to help people with their mental and physical health with PCOS. Okay, that's nice. And I'd like to also talk about what you do in your practice regarding um, nutrition. So how do you use nutrition exactly to basically reverse the disease or help people live like a better quality of life, even with the disease? Sure. So like I said at the beginning, nutrition is like the fundamental foundation for treating PCOS, that you have to have a good quality diet and take care of yourself with food. So what I help patients do is, well, first when I meet with them, I do a detailed nutrition assessment because everybody's different and everybody has different eating habits and eating preferences. So we really spend time talking about that and their relationship with food and their body. And then I educate them. We really spend some time because I really think that knowledge is power. And once people with PCOS know how food affects, say, their insulin and their hormones, then everything can kind of fall into place for them as far as their food choices. And I like to help patients not only improve the quality of the foods that they eat, but also to help them become more mindful eaters and really paying attention to the food and the enjoyment, but also eating, uh, you know, until they're satisfied eating the right foods that they need for their body. Okay. That's great. So what kinds of foods specifically or food groups are to be eliminated or included in a diet or or what, you know, what you eat daily for someone that has PCOS? Yeah. So I don't look at it as a way of taking out food. I look at it as a way of how do you add foods in that can really help your PCOS and help your fertility. And typically these are foods that can really help to decrease inflammation and and decrease insulin. So whole grains, fruits, vegetables, legumes, and beans, getting in balanced um, amounts of protein and fats with each meal because that can help to stabilize blood sugar levels and um, really emphasizing those omega-3 fats like avocados and olives, olive oil and fish because they can really help many aspects of PCOS. Okay. What's your favorite PCOS busting recipe? (laughs) Oh my gosh, we have so many. I have a lot of free ones on the PCOS Nutrition Center blog. Okay. Um, I'll share that. Yeah, so there's free ones there. And I actually have a whole cookbook out with 100 recipes. So I don't think I can pick one one favorite one, but I would definitely say like a power 
boosting meal would be like something with salmon and some whole grains and some greens. Okay. All right. So do you have any um, supplements that you specifically use or would encourage people to use with this condition? Yeah, supplements can be really helpful depending on what you're looking to get some help with. But for example, we were talking about vitamin D is low in endometriosis and PCOS. Yeah. So we know that under, vitamin D is a, is a vitamin, but it's also a hormone. And there's vitamin D receptors at every cell on the body. So um, supplementing with vitamin D, especially if you're low, we know can help improve egg quality and ovulation and can help your immune system and can actually bring down androgens. Other supplements I would consider for PCOS would be omega-3s, so fish oil could be very helpful, especially if somebody has triglycerides that are high. Okay. We see that N-acetylcysteine, also known as NAC, this is an antioxidant that's been shown to decrease inflammation, and it can help with egg quality. And then a favorite one of mine is inositol, which is that ovacetol product that uh, you were talking about. Yeah. So yeah. ovacetol is a combination of myo and dechiro inositol. Right. And these act as secondary messengers to help improve the signals of insulin and even thyroid okay. in the body. And they, there is research that shows that women with PCOS have a defect in their ability to use insulin. Right. Okay. So basically that ovacetol, it's a supplement that you would, is it available like over the counter or is it something that is, is that the brand name or is that the yes. name of the supplement? Okay. Yeah. So ovacetol contains myo and dechiro inositol in a unique 40 to one ratio. And this is actually the ratio that mimics the levels in your body. Right. So it kind of corrects this, the, the ratio of it. Can you tell us where it's available? Yeah, it's available at P the PCOS Nutrition Center store, okay. which is PCOSnutrition.com. And we have a lot of the other supplements available that I talked about. Okay. And are there any other services that you provide or offer that we haven't talked about that our audience should be aware of and might want to come to you for? Yeah, so I provide individualized nutrition coaching, and that can be online. And I also have several books out, like I mentioned, the PCOS workbook. Yep. And I have a cookbook out. I have a book for dietitians and my new online course, which is called PCOS Complete. Right. Okay. Which helps with both the physical and the emotional aspects of PCOS. Thank you, Angela. So do you have any final advice for anyone who either has already been diagnosed with um, PCOS or is or has symptoms that, you know, make them feel like they've got it? What would you advise? Yeah, so I would definitely reach out to a healthcare professional so you can be properly tested for it and diagnosed and if you have it i my best advice is to say there's a lot of advances already that have happened since i've been practicing in my 20 years of practice and there's so many i i can just see that there's going to be a lot more treatments becoming available to help patients with pcos and it's getting more attention 
And I would also like women to know they're not alone, that this is very common. One out of at least 10 women have this. Okay. And it can be treatable. It, It won't go away completely, but you can definitely treat it and get it to a place where it's only one part of your life. It doesn't have to be your whole life. Thank you so much, Angela. <laughs> My pleasure. This was really fun. This is really nice. It's good to do this. It was really good. And I'm happy I reached out to you. And um, hopefully someone will listen to this and feel encouraged and know that they are not alone. And hopefully some, some people will reach out to you as well for help. Um, so, yes, thank you so much for this conversation. And sure well done and all you're doing for us for women all about oh you too we're both fighters aren't we i know yes we definitely are <laughs> that was a lovely conversation with angela it was great to understand a bit more about pcos and how it affects both our physical and mental health it was also interesting to know the similarities between endo and pcos The fact that many of us, both endometriosis sufferers and PCOS sufferers, have a lack of vitamin D is pretty interesting. It was also great to know that with nutrition, you can actually live a very good quality of life, even with PCOS. Make sure you go to Angela's website, www.pcosnutrition.com, to learn more about how PCOS can be managed with diet and nutrition. You can also sign up for her newsletter to receive a free guide to eating well and recipes and PCOS nutrition tips. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you did, I would love to know. Send me comments or even a DM through my Instagram or Facebook page. Share with your friends and subscribe to the podcast. If you also have any questions to ask or topics you would like me to discuss, feel free to shoot me an email on info at notdefinedbyendo.com. I really love to hear from you all. And all of this information can be found in the show notes. Until next time, my name is Teniola, and remember, you are not defined by endo.